Shanlin on Batman. Today we have Lauren Lester, the voice actor of Robin yes. slash Nightwing. Our from first voice actor. Yes, this is our first voice actor. Uh, he's been in Batman the Animated Series, The New Adventures of Batman, Batman Sub-Zero, and you will soon see his new feature film in Batman and Harley Quinn. Some of the notable episodes that we love from Batman the Animated Series are Robin's Reckoning, Christmas with the Joker, Old Wounds, and he's just, it, he's he's our definitive version of the character of Robin. He's everybody's definitive Robin voice. Yeah. Like, it's, it's Lauren Lester, man. Great. Super interesting guy, yeah. great talker, awesome conversation we had. Super into the character of Batman, too, we found out, which is always, it always makes the show a lot easier when they're interested in Batman and you can really tell his like enthusiasm and love for the character in the universe that those characters are in. Well, with what Tom just said, it, it made the conversation just a breeze. There was no, there's more nervousness on my end than anyone else's. So it was super simple, super chill. And Kyle's going to chat real quickly about it and then talk about some Patreon. All right. So for those that have missed the news, uh, we are now on Patreon. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash podcast empire network. Uh, we have a couple of different reward tiers there, including a base on $1 where you will get a shout out at the end of every episode if you are a $1 member. Uh, so consider checking that out, seeing the goals and rewards we have over there. Uh, and we look forward to seeing more fans interact with us here on the show. We'd love to hear more questions as well on our social media plugs over on Facebook and on Twitter. And that's going to be it. And let's jump right into episode 88 with Lauren Lester. Um, yeah, so we like to start off these shows asking about the beginning. When were you first introduced to the Batman universe? Oh, that's that's an easy one. Uh, the, uh, the 1960s Batman and Robin series uh, was a passion of mine, a huge passion. I was just a very little kid. But, uh, wow, I, I, I looked forward to those days. I think it was like on a Tuesday and Wednesday, and there was always a cliffhanger on the Tuesday. Right. So you, you never knew what was going to happen, and I couldn't couldn't wait to see the Wednesday show to see what happened, you know. Because, I mean, of course, Batman and Robin were never going to get killed or, or, or you know, <laughs> anything like that. But uh, it's still, you know, when you're that little, it's like, what, oh, gosh, you know, what's going to happen to them? And uh, I had you know, practically every, uh, uh, you know, item merchandise that they came out with on that show. I had a, I had a nightstand next to my bed and I called it my Batman stand and it was just covered with, you know, a Batman puppet and, uh, you know, a utility belt and all had it all. That's incredible. So, so you were the kid that would play Batman and, and do the thing and dress up and, was it was it was it a big like neighborhood thing as a kid where everybody did it and it was just the thing to be? Yeah, it it was it was it was really big um, when the show came out. I remember when I was uh, younger than that, 
I mean, really, really young. Uh, I, I had a Superman costume and I never took that oh. off, would not take that off for any reason. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, the Batman show came on and uh, it was Batman from there on out. So how did you get involved with acting and going to L.A. and Hollywood? How did that become a part, such a big part of your life? Well, I'm one of the very, very rare people who actually was born in Los Angeles and raised in Los Angeles. And oh. I've lived here my entire life. I went to college here. I, I lived for two two years in New York for work reasons. But other than that, uh, I, I've spent my whole life in Los Angeles. So. I started doing uh, plays in school and uh, figured out that that's what I wanted to do and uh, was lucky enough to get with an agency uh, at the time that covered all the categories. They they covered, you know, voiceover, commercials, movies, TV. And, uh, you know, I just took it for granted that that happened to everybody. I didn't know that that was really a rare thing. And so consequently, I got to work in all those different fields. And actually, one of the very first jobs I got was in the voiceover department. How did you get involved with Batman the Animated Series? I uh, got an audition. Uh, you know, I, I had I had done uh, uh, some, you know, a, a pretty good body of work for somebody as young as I was at the time. I had done G.I. Joe. I had a recurring role on G.I. Joe. I had been a regular on the series Defenders of the Earth, and I had done, I had worked at Hanna Barbera and you know other places. So um, I mean there was enough there was enough on my resume to get me an audition. Um, so I got an audition, and then I got called back for another audition, and uh, got the part. That's 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 how that's how it uh, that's how it, it always works. I mean for unless people are really huge stars and they're yeah. simply offered a part, you know, uh, then you have to audition and really work at getting the part. Now, growing up in, in California and Hollywood and all that, was was acting and was, was that something you knew you were going to do from a very young age? Or was it something that just because you were like near it and you were in the scene and around it, you just kind of felt like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what you do out here. Well, not not from a very young age. From a very young age, you know, I, I had all the other uh, dreams that kids that age have. You know, astronaut, right. baseball player. Yeah. But around around the age of eleven, I did my first play at school, and uh, I was the, it, the the play was almost completely about my character, and uh, I thought, wow, this is this is really fun, you know, and uh, and started thinking about that. Every Sunday, I would go to the movies with my father, and so I, you know, I would dream of being in the movies, and and you know, throughout the week, I would act out in my mind the movies we'd seen that Sunday and picture myself in that part. So uh, I don't know necessarily being in Hollywood, but certainly going to the movies every weekend. That makes sense. Now, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but. When, when you did get the audition for Batman the Animated Series, was that like a, was that like a big, was that a big thing where audition where there was a lot of you in the room and they called you in or was it, was it like more of a, uh, like an intimate, like one-on-one -on -one kind of thing? And who did you audition with? Was it, was it Bruce Tim at all or anybody like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bruce Tim was there for the final callback as was uh paul dini and yeah. um alan burnett oh wow and 
and uh, you know they 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 were all there and, and Andre Romano, uh, but the original you know when we when we audition originally for something, whether it's a small thing uh, you know a low budget thing or a huge budget thing, we never see the the people who are involved. It's you go into the booth and you record something, or in the case of an on camera. Uh, audition you usually go in with just the casting director or even the assistant casting director and put yourself on videotape and you wait and then uh, if you are lucky enough to get a call back then the creative people are in the room and that's where you meet the creative people and they direct you <clears throat> so when you first got the, the part and you started seeing the script like let's say uh, Christmas with the Joker or Robin's Reckoning. Did you, when you started getting those scripts back, were you like, wow, this is something completely different. I didn't realize that this would be so, such a mature take on the character because cartoons nowadays are really geared just towards the young, very young uh, age group. But Batman the Animated Series was was almost geared towards everyone where you could, you could be an adult and watch it with your child or be a now, I remember watching it with my grandparents at, at, at one point in my life, and they enjoyed it as much as I did when I was a kid. Well, yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, it was clear, it was made clear to us we were not doing a cartoon. We we were doing something that was on a par with uh, with the movies, mm -hmm. that, that, that we were going to, uh, that our style of acting would be as if we were in an on-camera film. The scripts were were written so well as though it were an on-camera film. And then later, because uh, I didn't know this in the beginning, but later when I saw the the uh, finished product and heard the music, I could see that all of that, the editing and the music, was all geared toward uh, being a, a feature film, like a feature film. So each each episode was a mini feature film, and that that uh, that told us how to play it, and that told us the style. Now, when you were in, the, when you were recording, was it was it set up like Pixar kind of is, where you just you meet with like the voice director and you just you're reading the script, or was it when you were recording, was it like the old radio plays from way back when, where you had all the actors in the room? Oh yeah, it was like that. Uh, it was with all oh, wow. the actors in the room, I and mean, that's very very rare, actually non-existent anymore yeah. now. Like you say, when we record things, we're usually by ourselves, especially in, in the uh, interactive games. We're all alone. Um, but uh, then everyone was in the room. Everyone in the cast was there at the same time. On a, on a very rare occasion, uh, some they would say so-and-so is not available, and, and they would you know just uh, dummy the voice, and, we, and that person would come in later. What... What's your experience with when you started and today with the with the ways that the technology has changed and made it easier for you to do your job? Like, do you have an in-home studio where you can just lay tracks down and email them out to whomever needs them? Or are I, you still... Uh, I do, yeah, I do have an in-home studio, but uh, uh, I also, you know, I'm, I have an iPhone and okay. I find that the quality of the iPhone is, uh, I'm not doing a commercial here. <laughs> not getting paid to say this uh and i find that the recording auditions on my iphone it, the quality is just as good yeah. as recording on my in-home studio that makes sense it really does uh i play a little music and and from time to time when i'm when i'm not home 
in my room, if I have a guitar or a bass or whatever around, I'll just hit the record button on my phone. And like you said, it's, it's good enough to get a demo or at least get your idea down to, it's not like it used to be. It's, it's incredible. We all carry these around in our pockets now. Yeah. And you, and it's, and it's mobile. So, you know, uh, when I'm out and about, uh, I can do, I I did an audition in my car the other day, you know, right. Stuck in traffic and get an audition (laughs) done. Uh, so what was it like back in, back when you were doing the animated series? What what was it like working with the likes of Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill on this project? Oh, they're they're just great guys and just wonderful actors. Both of them are, you know, first and foremost actors before you say voice actors. Right. Um, n- nowadays, uh, people are training specifically, I want to be a voice actor, you know, um, and I'm not judging that one way or the other. It's just a, a fact of life. But back back then, uh, they were simply actors, and they had come from, you know, the, the discipline of movies and from theater, and so all of the tools that they brought in were as uh, the wonderful actors that they are, and so that was a great joy. It was like doing a play, you know. You said radio earlier. It was like doing a radio play with them, and it was always a joy to work with them. And uh, and uh, Kevin uh, is just a terrific, uh, also terrific human being, and. I, I'm getting to see a, a lot of him lately. We've, we've been touring the country, oh. doing comic cons, hmm. uh, and uh, we've been in a number of cities. And uh, between now and the end of the year, we're going to be in a, a lot more cities. I think twelve or fifteen more cities. So it's just been a great reunion. That's great. Now, the first table read you were a part of, like the first table read where everybody came in and did their parts. It. Do you remember? what it was like and what your feelings were like I, you got to hear you got to hear the iconic joker voice for the first time what's become the definitive like batman voice in most people's cases was it just like instant chemistry from the time you guys sat down and read that first script that you did or did it take some time well i i was just uh, absolutely thrilled like an abs- I, I absolutely remember uh, the first time we read through this script, uh, we didn't we didn't we didn't do a table read. We did, okay. you know, we sat at our at our uh, at our stands yeah. and and read it into the into the microphones, our individual microphones. So that's how we read through it the first time. And uh, as far as chemistry was concerned, uh, the the cast was completely different when they when they did the first pilot. Uh, the Joker was actually played by uh, Tim Curry mm-hmm. and uh, Clive Revel played um um alfred and uh kevin was there of course and uh and i was there so so when they completed the pilot with uh with tim and with clive then i didn't hear anything for a long time and uh they had gone forward with the series but they actually went forward with the series without the robin character altogether so they were they were finding themselves they were finding what they wanted to do with the show and uh, I know Bruce wanted to keep it on a on a very loner, dark level, and he didn't want to have you know a sidekick, at least not in the beginning. So um, I, I thought I had lost my job, you know, right. uh, and was pr- pretty despondent about it. But then, uh, you know, months later, uh, found out no, 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 they just wanted to bring Robin in later, and that's what they did. And uh, and then it's only at that point that I found out that. Mark Hamill was now playing the Joker and that the wonderful Ephraim Zimbalist was now playing Alfred. Yeah. 
So what did you try to bring to the character of Robin and Dick Grayson? Because other than the comics, the only other like live action or uh, was played by Burt Ward. It was really, you know, the really playful like Gadzooks, the G. Willikers Batman. But like your version of the character is so much more mature. Like obviously there was like the kid. You had like a, the little kid, like little winks and nudges there. But you were very like you're, the way that you brought the voice was so much more mature. What were you able to bring to that? Well, uh, I have to give credit to Burt Ward because uh, there's no way that I could not be influenced by mm-hmm. by uh, his voice and his performance. Uh, having said that, the the script was nothing like the original Batman. It was not campy, right? And uh, and of course, he never said holy. You know, uh, the Dick Grayson of 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 Batman the animated series never said holy anything or made bad puns or anything. And in fact, he was in fact. He was way more uh, sarcastic and sardonic, you know, in his reactions to things that were happening. So that really informed it. You know, I, 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 uh, it's hard for people who who aren't uh, who aren't actors to to understand that most of what we get we get from the script, and if it's not there in the script, then we have to go elsewhere and find other things. But most of the things that inform us on how to perform is a script. And if the script is really terrific, like the scripts in this show, uh, your job really becomes easy. It really becomes easy. So I'd love to take a, a lot of credit for all of the you know things that I brought to, to the character, and I'll take some of the credit. <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, you know, uh, I have to give credit where credit's due, and that was a, it was a wonderful material to work with. How working... As the voice actor, you you be after so long, and you become that character. You're you're the voice. You're the embodiment of that character. What? How was the? What was the collaborative, like workings with the writers? I mean, after you work that voice so long, you you know, before you read it, what that character would say, and you know, like how they would talk in a conversation. Were they collaborative to like let you maybe change a couple things here and there on the fly, or was like the script your Bible and you just stuck to it? Well, no, the script was pretty much the Bible. It has to be because you know they're animating okay. based on that, and they already have a storyboard and they know what pictures they want and they know what images they want. So you have to really stick to the script. But just like any series, when you're on it for a long period of time, the writers start to write for you so as they became familiar with me and my voice they would write for me and i would see the scripts as they'd come in i say oh that's that's great i get to do this and that they they see that i can do this and that you know they're they're not afraid to have me stretch doing you know uh uh, these kinds of things or saying these kinds of things so uh, you know they wrote they wrote for me clearly so in that case it was a collaboration i came in with voice I did the performance, I created the character, and then they took it from there. Uh, So later on in the animated series, uh, Robin matures a bit and takes on the mantle of Nightwing. What kind of challenges did you face when having the transition from Robin to Nightwing? Well, I tell this story uh, pretty often because it's it's a pretty funny story. (laughs) Andrea Romano, who uh, Mm -hmm. loved dearly and, and worked with many, many times, called me at home. And she had never done that before. I said, why is she calling me at home? And she said, I have some good news and some bad news. 
she said, the uh, bad news is you're not going to be Robin anymore. And of course, you know, I immediately fell through the floor. And, and she said, the, the good news is you're now going to be Nightwing. So, so, uh, you know, she had put me on and I finished, you know, the conversation just totally elated finding out that, you know, uh, Robin was now going to mature into a superhero of his own and come into his own literally as a, you know, as kind of an equal to Batman and an antagonist almost to Batman. And I thought that was going to be really fun to play. And so, so to come up with a, a kind of different voice, I took the cue from, from Kevin because obviously Nightwing wants to be Batman. Nightwing does become Batman in the, in the Batman universe. So I lowered my voice. I was calmer and, uh, you know, I I was more on a par with what uh, with what Kevin was doing. Bringing up becoming Nightwing, um, your character did one of the most incredible things that we have seen a character do um, in Old Wounds. Uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, he he gets mad at Batman because of uh, some some Batgirl stuff and just some family drama. And uh, he takes a step back and just hauls off and punches Batman out. And I think that's the only time we've ever really seen Batman take a hit that hard. What is it like being the only guy that's actually got to haul back and give it to Batman without without anything? Just pow. That had to have been something cool to, to do. Well, that, that moment, that moment as well as the rest of that episode, is, you know, uh, altogether the reasons why that's my favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, and I got to play both uh, Robin and Nightwing in that in that episode because it starts off with Nightwing talking to Tim Drake, and then in the flashbacks you, you see him as as Robin. You see Ro- uh, Nightwing as Robin. So I got to use both voices, and uh, it was just a, a, a terrific script. You know that and Robin's reckoning yeah. and Sub Zero are my favorite, uh, you know, absolute favorite uh, uh, shows that I did. Soul Wounds was kind of like your your goodbye to Robin and your in tonight. That was, that's pretty cool. Did you ever think that it's Batman, the animated series and all the subsequent, you know, there was Batman, the new, the new adventures of Batman sub zero on all the, did you think that the fandom for Batman, the animated series would, would last? Cause we're, we're, we're like 25 years into it and it's now even more popular than ever. Did you ever, when going back to like 91, 92, did you ever think that would be possible? Never, never. I mean, that, that kind of thing almost never happens. Uh, so you don't think, you don't think that way when you're doing something. Um, you know, I suppose by the, by the, uh, you know, the 10th or 11th or 12th year of let's say law and order, I think they, they they thought, oh well, I guess it's going to go on for a while because you know you you, you 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 never really know, and uh, you know a show could get canceled at any moment or or you get replaced at any moment. You don't you don't you you just have no idea as an actor what's going to happen. All we knew, and and I've talked to Kevin about this, and you know he says the same thing. Uh, all we knew was it was a really great job. It was a fantastic gig. We'd come from other gigs. We were going to go on to other gigs after that. But it, at the time, it was a fantastic job. And when it ended, it was like, oh, that's, you know, it's really, why can't they do more of these? This is great. It's going so well. The, the uh, you know, the ratings are fantastic. The, the uh, fan response is fantastic. Why don't they keep doing it? But for whatever reason, they, they stopped making them. And then, you know, we moved on. We moved on to other things. So here we are 25 years later, 
And uh, no, it just, I, you know, I shake my head in amazement uh, when I go to, especially comic cons and people come up who had watched the show originally when it aired after school, you know, back in the nineties and they're there with their kids yeah. now who are, who are watching it and they're watching it together. Uh, no, no way, no way did we ever predict that. And I don't think you can predict that with any, uh, another thing I did, uh, which is rock and roll high school, which was a movie with the Ramones and, yeah. and uh, that was, you know, uh, just a tremendous experience. Fun. Never thought, you know, you know, 30 years later, you know, I'd be going to these events where, you know, there's a mob mob of people coming to see the movie all these years later. You had no idea at the time. Wow. We're definitely all three of us here. We're, we're definitely those kids that rushed home from school to watch Batman, the animated series. I mean, that, that was our childhood. That's, that's the reason all three of us, come here and sit in a room full of Batman stuff to talk about Batman every week. So, well, I, it's, it's really very touching. It really is. Um, and I never get tired of, of hearing it, but people come up and say, uh, you don't know how much this show meant to me. And, yeah. and, uh, I, it wasn't just the quality of the show. Obviously it was a very, it was a high quality show, but it, the, the timing of it, the fact that it was on right after school and a lot of these kids are latchkey kids and they would come home, and no matter how bad a day it was at school, or what was going on with their parents who weren't even there, they, it was something they could count on. They could count on turning on the TV and seeing that show, and being uplifted for at least half an hour. And uh, it's very touching. You know, people people come up to us both, Kevin and, and and me, and they, you know, they have tears in their eyes, and they say, "You just you have no idea what this meant to me." And uh, you know, that just. Uh, you know, that's just so wonderful. It's just really wonderful. Indeed. For a small little personal story, I remember running home. My mom would make the the Batman animated series mac and cheese, <laughs> and, and we would and she be and what she was like, in that. What was in it? They, they had Robins. They had Batman. They, I Jokers. remember the Joker. Yep. I believe uh, Two Face. And there was a the little Batman cool, symbols. Yeah. yeah. And we would, and she like, all right, Batman the Animated Series is on, and we would set, and she would be, she would get enjoyment as much as I would. The reason why for me, it's it's such a personal story for me is because I can sit back and talk to my mom. I'm 20 years old, and she's, I'm not gonna say how old she is, but um, we can have those conversations about. Do you remember? when we would sit and watch Batman the Animated Series. And, like, right after that, she's like, yeah, and there was that Gargoyles one that came on right after. It's like, yeah, but Batman was way better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, can we, can, let's talk a little bit about uh, your upcoming Batman project. I know you probably can't talk much about it, but is Batman and Harley Quinn, is that your first Dick Grayson Nightwing role since the Animated Series? No, no, I, I've done um, Dick Grayson both as Robin and as Nightwing in some interactive games in, in between. Uh, but uh, this is the first uh, film, the first uh, feature length that I've done since Batman, since Sub-Zero, I guess. Um, did, how did this, uh, how did this, this come about for you being involved in this film? Was it something that you just expressed you would, re you were really interested in doing or, did you just get the call because you're the guy? Because, I mean, in, in our book, you're definitely the guy. Like, anything Dick Grayson related, it's you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, it just came out of the blue. And, uh, you know, uh, I think everybody involved in the show uh, knows or knew 
over the years that anytime, you know, they wanted to call on me to come back, I would. And uh, so this was just out of the blue. Uh, you know, uh, I think I think one of the things that happened was uh, I did uh, I did some Comic Cons and uh, there was a huge and I hadn't done these before. You know, I know over the years, other people have been doing the uh, the, the whole Comic Con world. I had never done that until about uh, about a year ago um, or a year and a half ago. And uh, I was invited to a panel with um, Bruce and, and Paul and, and Eric Radomski. And, and this was a great reunion, you know, and I hadn't seen these guys in a long time. Um, I don't know if that spurred it or, or, or what it was, oh. or they always had it kind of in the back of their mind. When are we going to bring, you know, Lauren back? But uh, I, I got the call out of the blue and was, uh, was really delighted. And especially when I saw the script, because the script is fantastic. Oh. It's, it's, it's really, really funny. And it has lots of really great twists and turns. Nice. nice. So without spoiling anything, do you have any teases that you can give to the fans for about the upcoming film? Uh, well, uh, let's see. What can I, I I'm, I'm under contract to not say anything. Right. I'm we understand. <laughs> but um, let me see what I, what I can say is that uh, it is, it is definitely the Batman Nightwing and Harley Quinn that everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. It's really true to the original series. Of course, you know, Bruce is in charge of it. So, he, he, you know, went back and recaptured the the whole world of, of Batman, the animated series. So people are not going to be disappointed with that. They are going to see, oh, wow, this is what I've wanted for years. People have been saying this for years. You know, when is when are you guys going to do that again? And, uh, you know, they've done different, you know, configurations of Batman and different storylines. And People really wanted to see, the fan base really wanted to see the original animated series uh, come back to life. And it does. It really does. Um, and uh, I think we have, because it's a film and it's not on TV, we have a little bit more leeway, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, we're not, we're not pinned in by so many restrictions or censorship, etc. So that that's good. And uh, I think people will, I think people will be really delighted. That's incredible. We don't want to take up too much more of your night or day, whatever it is. Uh, where can we find you on social media, Lauren? Well, uh, laurenlester.com is my website. And they can follow me on Twitter at ActorLL. And uh, is there anything else that you're working on that uh, people should be looking forward to and looking to buy? Yeah, I have uh, some some fun um, on-camera stuff coming up. Uh, you know, right after the Batman series ended, I transitioned into being uh, mostly an on-camera actor, whereas, you know, the, the 10 years before that, I had been both voiceover and on-camera. But after this was over, I, and it was not by choice, it just that's the way life takes you somewhere. You know, the, when you're an actor, you go where the work is. So uh, I, I continue to do lots of TV shows and films since then. And uh, a couple I have coming up that I'm looking forward to seeing. One is called Tragedy Girls. It's a feature and it's kind of a um, uh, Mean Girls meets Friday the 13th. So it's a comedy oh. horror movie. Awesome. And then and then there's this terrific series starting on Showtime this summer called I'm Dying Up Here. And it's about comedians in the 70s. Yeah, I've heard of this so, one. 
Well, this one you're going to, I mean, especially if you love the 70s, they really capture the period. You know, I get to wear lamb chops on my face and, you know. Awesome. A, a fro and beetle boots. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait for that one. I Lauren, it's been a pleasure having you on. I uh, like I like like we said, you are our Robin, man. Like that's when we think Robin, we hear your voice. Oh, so thank you, thank you so much for well, that all. It means of a that. lot to me. Thank you very much, and enjoyed this a lot. So uh, look forward to uh, seeing the fans out there at the upcoming cons. Uh, they can follow that on my website, and also, of course, uh, once the movie's released, look forward to hearing what uh, people think about it. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that's going to be it for episode 88 of Shayla on Batman. You can find us on Twitter at Shayla on Bat. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Shayla on Batman. We're going to be getting up on Instagram. We were anti-Instagram for what? Like 70 years? Two years. Two and, years strong. And now it's super simple to Instagram it up. It's kind of like the thing to do. Like... We were all against bottle flipping too, but now we throw bottles around like it's our jobs and yeah. stuff. So, you know, how about that? Did you, did you just literally <laughs> Yeah. I dabbed and said that at the same oh time. God. So episode eighty eight, you can find myself at Batman Shamlin on Twitter. Find Tom at Batman Bass Slap. You can find Mr. Kyle. At Looting Kyle. Thank you for listening to Shanley on Batman. Visit us on our website, www.shanleyonbatman.com. Don't forget to check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podcast empire network. Thank you. I am the night. I am Batman.